We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday. This is, you know, typically where the Coach's Corner show would fall. You would have heard the scene setter by now, the audio version. And we'd be on a plane headed towards Morgantown. But unfortunately, due to COVID issues in Morgantown with with West Virginia Mountaineers, specifically on campus and the football team, uh, no game. This weekend for Oklahoma and with the Big 12 championship game looming and with how late this cancellation was actually decided upon, no chance to schedule another team this weekend. So the what would we have then? There were three scheduled, the fifth bye week of the season for the Sooners leading into the Big 12 championship game for Oklahoma next Saturday, 11 a.m. with Iowa State. Now we've got a lot of basketball this weekend to kind of tempt that Sooner hunger. So we'll talk a little bit about OU and Florida A&M, at least run down the schedule for that on Saturday, and the women's team taking on Texas State on Sunday. But before we get to any of that, let's kind of learn the who, what, when, where, and whys of this cancellation with West Virginia. Uh, in that what, there's, there's what's, what's next. And in the why, there's a, well, why aren't we playing? So as we typically do when we want to educate ourselves, when we want to get smarter, we welcome in the Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Kenny Mossman, who joins us uh, for the second time in three weeks here on the Friday podcast. And I mean, obviously, Kenny, first and foremost, as challenging of a season, I think, as as anyone could imagine, I think even more so from an an administrative perspective, right? Uh, Not not that any of us can remember. This has been uh, strange. Probably most of the people listening to this would can make the same statement um no matter what our walk of life is it's been it's been very unique and very challenging and uh, uh but that said um I, I was just talking to some of our external staff earlier this week and and had to really compliment them on the fact that you know 
know, we got almost all of our football season in and all of the home portion of the season in and did it in my estimation with, um, did it very well. And, uh, so I've just, I'm very proud of our staff and, and our fans and our team and, and, uh, everyone associated with our program that, yeah, it's been tough, but, uh, but we rose up and, and for the most part have been able to uh, maintain at least some level of normalcy. So, what is that process like from your perspective? And I know that we had the pause, not well, the pause a couple weeks ago that we talked about on the podcast. But is is it a phone call between uh, you and 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 Shane Lyons, Joe C and Shane Lyons? What are the, the the conference office? Whenever you have to postpone a game, Kenny, what was that process throughout the season? Most of the dialogue is between the athletics directors and the head football coaches, oh. um, and I believe the first contact this week came from Neil Brown, who contacted Lincoln and let him know that they had concerns on their end. And then shortly thereafter, the athletic directors connected. So uh, normally that's how it works. And, and uh, as it, as it was the week that we had to pause, um, we try to do it as early in the week as possible out of respect for the many uh, travel arrangements that are impacted by changes of that kind. And um, so we very much appreciate the fact that they were able to get to us as early as they did. And, uh, while we're disappointed that we don't get to play the game, um, we were able to to uh, make the necessary changes that we had to make uh, in a in a timely fashion. The unfortunate thing, too, though, is there are some things that are that are hard to adjust. For instance, you know, the the, the big rig has to get on the road. There's certain ticketing <laughs> items that need to go. So there are yeah. some things that are almost unavoidable unless you cancel it the week before, right? Yes, uh, that's definitely true. Our equipment truck was in Terre Haute, Indiana, when we got it stopped, and uh, and we're able to turn it around and head it back to Norman. I know there were some fans, I think, who were already in Morgantown, so that's unfortunate. And, uh, we wish wish we could have kept that from happening, but um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot that goes into it. The, the biggest pieces, of course, are uh, making sure that a, a charter flight does not come from wherever it's coming to Oklahoma City to pick us up. Uh, it's to uh, make sure we contact the hotel before they've ordered, um, you know, what is a an unusually high amount of food that, uh, <laughs> that a hotel orders before a football team comes in, and to uh, notify transportation companies, the bus companies, that we won't need uh, all those buses to get us to the airport and to the hotel, to the game venue, and so forth. So uh, there are a lot of moving parts to that, and uh, and so, there, yeah, there's a lot of work that has to be done when those changes are made. Kenny Mossman is our guest with that in mind, you laid out a lot of work that went into a game that had been planned for you know weeks. I love the uh, the attitude of ah, oh, let's go play someone, but the logistic challenges of that, especially when we find out on Thursday, Kenny, it's just impossible, isn't it? Really hard um, when you uh, when you move a football team from point A to point B. It is a substantial undertaking uh, with hotel and all the things that I just mentioned, flights, buses, uh, food, all of it. There's, there is so much that has to be done and it has to be done in high quantity because of the number of people you're moving. If it's a golf team that you're taking somewhere, that's a different issue. But, but when you're moving a football team, um, that comes with a, a lot of challenge. And so, yeah, it's not, it's not feasible. Just pick up and go, go play somewhere else, uh, that quickly. And, uh, uh I, I think too, um, that's a little bit unfair to the student athletes uh, to make those kind of whiplash changes in your, in your routine. But, uh, um, 
But, you know, I mean, we've we've adjusted as best we can. I know that uh, BYU and Coastal Carolina made some kind of late adjustment, uh, and, and kudos to them uh, for doing that. So it's not impossible, but it, but it's very, very difficult, and it comes with uh, – uh, there's, there's positives to it, but there would be some negatives that came with it too. All right, two more quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here because I know you're a busy man. First of all, uh, as far as the Big 12 championship game is concerned, you know, obviously we've – We've had a couple weeks to, to to work through Oklahoma's issues, and everything looks good that from that perspective. Kenny's, what's that process look like? Let's say if Iowa State can't go, or if something comes up, could they delay till a Sunday? Would we see maybe another team slide in there? Have have you kind of been able to embrace the plans as to what the Big Twelve week might look like if someone can't go? We haven't haven't had a lot of conversations, gotcha. at least not on my level, about that. I'm guessing that that uh, Joe and and. Bob Bowles being the other athletic directors have, have given us some thought, but uh, um, I don't know that a Sunday option would, would work because um, as you and I discussed a couple of weeks ago, most of, most of what happens here is contact tracing. You get, you get a positive or two, and then you start doing the contact tracing and lo and behold, you can be without, you know, eight, 10, 12 people due, due to the tracing. And the tracers are actually out longer than the people who have COVID. If they have COVID, we pull them out for 10 days. That's the medical protocol. And if they're contact traced, they're out 14 days. So Sunday wouldn't work because clearly we'd still be very early in the protocols and, and we wouldn't be able to turn around that quickly. So um, the masterminds of our league will have to figure out uh, <laughs> what that would what that would look like, uh, whether it would be a forfeiture or whether, uh, uh, whether you try to reschedule it for maybe a week later i i don't know that that would be very difficult too because now you're right on the doorstep of the bowl games and uh um, i just don't know how you could do that kenny uh cool videos going viral today of josie helping out at the women's basketball game (laughs) last night as uh as a water boy and you know we talk about being a servant for everyone within the, the the student athlete division and obviously with the athletic department you work right. hand-to-hand with him as, as close as anyone. It, that's, that's who he is. This isn't because he yeah. saw a TV camera. That's who Joe Castiglione is, isn't it? Oh, no, he's, he's a piece of work now. I mean, that was, um, uh, that was awesome. I, I loved it. I started seeing the pictures last night and, and uh, started seeing some of the comment. But, no, he loves to do that. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I – when I moved from being the communications director to an administrator, the, the – huge downside of that is you don't have the student athlete contact that you have when you're working on more of a boots on the ground role. And, uh, we all fight that and you have to do something intentional here and there to try to reestablish that connection. And, and that's what Joe was doing last night. That, that not only allowed him to serve our program, but it allowed him to get face to face and close with, with our student athletes for them to know that, uh, Joe C is not a name or an office. Uh, it's a person. And, uh, and that's important for them to know that the person who's out there fighting for them every single day um, is someone that's approachable and that they can talk to and is someone who genuinely cares about them. And that's, I think Joe demonstrated all of that last night. And you're right. That's just Joe. That's, that's typical Joe C. And that's why he's the best there is because he operates at an intellectual level that leaves the rest of us in the dust mm-hmm. in terms of vision and those sort of things. But he's not too big to to uh, throw a towel over his arm and serve water to to one of our teams. And uh, you don't find too many guys like that. And that's one of the reasons why the OU program is where it is today, um, because he's just that unique. 
Oh, of course, Kenny. Now, when you're on with me, I'm getting a lot of questions about the softball season and diamond sports. And, and it's funny because I feel like we're almost on a, a month-to-month, week-to-week, day-to-day basis whenever we're battling COVID mm-hmm. right now. But what's the process looking like in putting together a softball schedule? And I don't know, do mm-hmm. you think we'll see one anytime soon? Yeah, I really do. We, we've been working on that a lot um, uh, and looking at our venue to see – uh, what we can do in terms of uh, capacity and how many people we can have in the stands. But uh, we're, we're going to try to play as many games as we can. We, we want to play a, a full schedule if that's possible. And, uh, and that's the direction we're working. Now, of course, it's easier to peel back than it is to add. So we want to start with a robust approach and then, and then understand that, you know, you may have to, to notch off a few here and there, but um, I, I, most of us are trying to take a very optimistic approach to this. We know that the vaccine is in the country now. We know that uh, that it's starting to be administered, and so uh, we're we're trying to be optimistic that you know here in a couple months, when the weather warms up and the vaccine's been around in our country a little bit, that that maybe we can start to uh, to gradually start playing sports the way that we have for so many years. But we've looked at a lot of different seating configurations at our ballpark, and and uh, even some maybe some additional seats that would allow us to to get more people in, uh, even when we're reduced, uh, so we can space them out. And so, uh, yeah, we've spent a lot of time on that. Um, we're not, we're not just focused on football or the winter sports. We're, we're very much focused on the spring sports. And, and I want to really tip my cap to someone who I know you appreciate very much. And that's Jackie Livingston, who's the operations director for the softball program. She's, um, she has to do a lot of this logistical work under coach Gasso's guidance and, uh, and she is a star. So um, we, we are off and running with softball preparation. You can rest assured of that. Love it. Fired up. Kenny, thanks, man. I know that uh, I know these are crazy times, but we always appreciate your knowledge and your information and your perspective. Always happy to do it, Chris. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Ah, uh, Kenny. Getting me all kinds of fired up for Oklahoma Sooners softball. Keep an eye on that schedule over the next few weeks, I would say. I, I would assume we'll have something right after the calendar turns to 2021. All right, now, when the calendar turns to 2021, I think a lot of the conversation will be about vaccinations. And on Fridays on my local radio show on Sports Talk 1400, I have a chance to talk to Dr. Dale Bratzler, head of COVID operations for the University of Oklahoma, OU Medicine. So I wanted to share a little bit of what he had to say this week about vaccinations and and the vaccine. I, I say vaccinations, the vaccine and where we are and specifically to the University of Oklahoma going forward. So so uh, yesterday, the, the Vaccine Advisory Committee for the FDA uh, recommended that FDA give emergency use authorization for the Pfizer vaccine. We expect the same thing to happen in a week or two for the Moderna vaccine. So they're both similar vaccines for COVID-19. Uh, and we expect the vaccine to start being distributed in Oklahoma sometime next week. Um, The current target is sometime around Wednesday. Um, So as you know, uh, when the first doses come into the state, uh, they'll be targeted towards uh, nursing home residents, nursing home staff, and healthcare workers who work in the inpatient setting in COVID-facing positions like emergency rooms, ICU beds, and others, because those people are very high risk of the uh, high risk of exposure to COVID-19. But it is the glimmer of light at the end of a very long tunnel, because we hope to get through phase one uh, by early January, perhaps. And then we start getting into phase two, which will include some of your listeners, the high risk people, people over 65 and others. 
um, who who are also at risk of complications of COVID. What, what should we know, Doc, about this vaccine? Um, I mean, <laughs> as you've been studying it and you've been learning more about it, I mean, what is the what's kind of the Cliff Notes version of what we should know about? The dangers, the need, um, kind of how hard the work that's gone on behind the scene. What do we need to know? Yeah, so so this particular vaccine that will come out first, the Pfizer vaccine, it has one thing that makes it logistically challenging. It has to be stored at about minus 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so there aren't many freezers across the state that can do that. So logistically, just distributing it, you know, it has to be packed in dry ice if it's not in one of those um, uh, super cold freezers. So that's one of the first things. Uh, once it's uh, thawed out and reconstituted, uh, the dose has to be given within six hours of that. So that is another logistic challenge that we'll have to deal with. Um, but the vaccine appears to be very safe. Lots of people have mild side effects. So if you've ever had the sore arm after a flu shot, expect that with this vaccine. You have to take two doses, 21 days apart. Um, it's very effective. It appears to be about 50% effective after the first dose, and within a week after the second dose, most of the studies have shown about 95% effectiveness. So we're really looking forward to getting it out and in people's arms. So this might be something I'm supposed to be smart about, but uh, in the vaccine, is it does it contain a, a bit of, of COVID-19 or the coronavirus? How, how is the makeup of it? Yeah, so, so this is a brand new technology where they take a piece of the genetic code from the COVID virus. The, the piece of the genetic uh, material from the virus that, that makes that spike protein, you've seen all the pictures of the virus with those, those uh, spikes on the outside. Um, so <clears throat> you inject this small amount of genetic material. It goes into your cells, um, and your cells produce that protein to which your body then responds with an antibody response. It destroys the cells that that genetic material goes into, so it doesn't hang around in your body. In fact, it goes away pretty quickly. Uh, but now you've started developing antibodies against that spike protein, and that's very important because that spike protein is the protein to which uh, it attaches to your body when it infects you. So, so it gives you fast um, uh, immunity. Um, to the virus. And uh, in all of this, we are adhering to the Oklahoma State Department of Health distribution plan. Uh, And as we said, we're looking at something that is a global event, Doc. So it it says a lot about the work, the technology, just, I mean, the, the level of knowledge that we've been able to gain that this thing has been able to come together so quickly when we're talking about the vaccine, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, the good news is is that this type of technology for vaccine production had been in uh, studies for a number of years, and it just lent itself to this particular virus really well. So both the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine are going to use this new technology. Uh, but remember, the one thing that I give full credit to the administration for was Operation Warp Speed. They gave those companies millions of dollars to start producing the vaccine before we even knew if it would work. So now that we're getting approval for the vaccines, they have stockpiles that they can start shipping. Uh, And that's never happened before. Um, And that's why we may see vaccine in Oklahoma, hopefully next week. 
Dr. Bratzler, two more quick ones and we'll let you go. I know we're very early in the basketball season, but you've been able to study and kind of see transmission on the court. Basketball is much different because maybe a couple of positive tests could completely shut things down. But what are we seeing about the mitigation process and the challenges in transmission with hoops? Yeah, so um, I've, I've been in quite a few conversations, both for high schools and uh, and college athletics, um, around uh, slowing the spread of the virus. So, as you mentioned, you know, when a player gets infected, um, you know, it's it's really difficult to stop, you know, a spread from person to person because uh, football. I mean, I'm sorry, football, basketball, by its very nature. Uh, often has people that are very close contact. So I know the the team is doing a, a really good job at OU looking at all their training tapes and really trying to keep make sure that the players don't get infected. In the stands, I have, you know, uh, bigger concerns than I did in the football stadium because we know that this virus, uh, in fact, a study came out this week that, that showed that virus transmission is 18 times more likely indoors than it is in outdoor events. Uh, and so I've had great concern about crowds within Lloyd Noble or any other high school stadium around the state. You probably saw yesterday the governor issued an executive order limiting indoor events to 50% capacity, but he specifically, at least in his comments, I haven't read his executive order yet, uh, but he mentioned indoor athletic events limiting the number of people that could come to things like high school basketball thing, games and others because if you have people indoors in those events without masks yelling, um, real risk of transmission of the virus. So, so I think we're, we're there, there's going to be a lot of um, vigilance around maintaining masks and other things when you go to some of these indoor events. And then finally, we I should have brought this up last week, and I was kicking myself as soon as I left, but the contact tracing and the minimalization from what was it, 14 days to seven days, are you a fan of that? And obviously it, it seems like, well, this has been a rough weekend for the Big 12, but it seems like for Oklahoma to kind of help them out to get some guys back last week. Yeah, it did. Um, and, yes, I'm a fan of it because it was very, very difficult. If you had a person test positive we would isolate them for 10 days. But if they were around anybody, we would quarantine those people for 14 days. That was very, very difficult. So now uh, if you've been exposed to somebody, you can get out of quarantine at 10 days without a test or at the end of seven days with a negative test as long as you don't have symptoms. Dr. Del Bratzler has done an incredible job of keeping us educated and informed throughout this entire process. He has been an absolute Jim, and we appreciate him. All right, before we get out of here, I mentioned basketball this weekend. So, no football on Saturday, but that means we can shift our focus to Lon Kruger's men's hoops team, who will be in action on Saturday. They'll take on Florida a Well, let me make this very clear. As we tape this uh, at 1 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, OU and Florida A&M set for Saturday at 4 p.m. You can get tickets at Soonersports.com. That's Soonersports.com for tickets. And then on Sunday at 2, Sherry Cole and the OU women's basketball team looks to pick up win number one on the season after a tough loss last night to Kansas. And they had just six players available. The Sooners will take on Texas State Sunday afternoon at 2. And don't forget, after each game, we'll have the post-game show for you available right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Well, hate that we don't have a game this weekend. We'll be all in, counting down to the Big 12 championship game next week. Until then, don't forget a special one-on-one with Curtis Lofton. We'll drop tomorrow and the Varsity O brings you Sooners for Life. 
That's tomorrow morning. But have a great start to your weekend. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.